0: You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I'm your host Sean Bingham. Thank you for being here. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. We had a weekend just packed full of football. Obviously, BYU loses. Heartbreaking game to Boise State. Disappointing, frustrating game to Boise State. Going to get into that. First off, though, got to ask you to please subscribe because you guys are awesome. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts. Everywhere you get your podcasts, we are there. Please hit the subscribe button. And guys, we got to dive right into BYU losing to Boise State. Of course they lost to Boise State. Of course. I mean, this is what BYU does. Uh, I'm a BYU fan. I'm a BYU grad. I grew up a BYU fan. I went to the school. I graduated from the school. Uh, I've been to like 90% of the home games over the last 20 years. Um, That's not an exaggeration. I'm a BYU fan. I'm also a BYU realist, um, and this is just what BYU does. The problem is BYU is drinking its own Kool-Aid. BYU is all wrapped up in the hype, top 10 ranking, 5-0, And looking forward to the Big 12 matchup against uh, Baylor this coming Saturday. And I think just overlooked Boise State and got beat down. Uh, BYU looked really bad. I don't think the rain helped any. Um, We saw just the awful fumbles. Oh my goodness, those fumbles just crushed the Cougars, didn't they? Uh, Horrible fumbles, bad penalties. Just looked out of sync. Just didn't look quite right. And lose the game 26-17 very disappointing dropped nine spots in the rankings 10 spots in I think the coaches poll let's pull up those rankings right now actually I've got them here somewhere okay so in the coaches poll BYU dropped from 10th to 20th and then yeah and then in the AP poll they dropped from 10th to 19th so any chances of the college football playoffs are long gone I mean those were already like a run the table and hope for the best um you know with other teams doing us some favors along the way, which is the podcast I did just last weekend before the game. Very unfortunate it turned out this way, but this is expected. I even said in the last podcast, Could BYU run the table? Yes, they could. If they did, would they belong in the college football playoffs? Yes, they would, in the sense that like they will have been undefeated with a schedule good enough to get in but they would not beat actually one of the four best teams in the league or in the, in the country and certainly not capable of beating Alabama or Georgia. Um, then Alabama goes and loses, and so that you know that, they look mortal all of a sudden. But I did say if I'm a betting man, I'm not going to bet for BYU to run the table. That's just very difficult to do, and it's just very not BYU to do, unfortunately. Um, and right on schedule, they lose to Boise State at home. So disappointing. Um, favored by, I think at eight was the, was the line Jaron Hall starts. He played okay. Didn't play great. Um, he was, uh, he did have the interception late that I want to like discount a little bit because the game was already over and he was just trying to get the ball downfield. You know, really it was desperation. So if you exclude that, um, he was 22 of 37 or 22 of 36, we'll say 302 yards and a touchdown. Um, so he actually played okay. Um, he, he, didn't play great. It kind of made me wonder if he's the guy or not. Like I do think there could be a quarterback controversy coming for the Cougars. Uh, I, th- I do think Jaron Hall is still the best option, but this game's got to make you wonder, but little insight here. I'm not going to name any names. Um, I want to have total an- anonymity here, but a close friend of mine, very close and trusted friend of mine is very close with one of the coaches at BYU. And there are many, and so I'm just going to leave it as vague as that. But this is very real source, very real story, okay? And this friend of mine spoke to one of the coaches at BYU on Thursday, okay, just a couple days before the game. And this coach, who again will remain unnamed, as will my friend, said that they're going to crush Boise State, quote, I wouldn't be surprised if we won by 30. So when the coaches are overlooking an opponent, you can only imagine what the players are doing. If the coach is going out and telling his friends at social gatherings, oh, we're gonna win by 30, like we got this one, no, no problem. If a coach is saying that, what are the players thinking? They're looking ahead to next week, they're they're resting on their laurels. They're all pumped, drinking their own Kool-Aid that they're a top 10 team. Boise State's got a losing record, no problem. This will be an easy one. And boom, you lose a home game on national television. Horrible loss for the Cougars. This all eyes were finally on Provo. It's on ABC in the middle of the day. You know, the the previous games had all been uh if they were nationally televised, they were on at like, you know, midnight Eastern time, okay? Because they were like 8:30 p.m. kickoffs Mountain. That's 10:30 p.m. kickoff eastern time which is where the majority of the country is Do you think those people are watching at like 1 a.m when the game ends 2 a.m i don't think so so this was the first time that all eyes were on the cougars it's abc home game at 1 30 p.m mountain so that's 3 30 eastern middle of the day on a saturday everybody's watching and the cougars completely lay an egg four turnovers again, the interception, we're going to discount a little bit because it was just like, whatever, it was end of the game. Uh, But the fumbles were just awful. Oh my gosh, those fumbles. Um, The one fumble that stands out the most is, of course, we get it down, we drive 73 yards, we're down inside the 20 uh, to start the second half, start of the third quarter, and we get down inside the 20-yard line on a great run and freaking fumble it. And it's just like such a killer. Like that just killed any momentum. That was the third fumble of the day. And it just felt like, oh my gosh, this just isn't our day. Then a couple drives later, we have a long sustained drive, get down in the red zone, have multiple false starts to kill the drive, get bailed out on on a pass interference call, have first and goal inside the five, can't punch it in, turn it over on downs. It was just like... Bad. So the keys to the game were this: one, uh, you got to admit you got you, you you have to. I shouldn't say admit because everybody knows the story that I know, but I'm telling you now. But we, we we have to realize clearly the Cougars overlooked Boise State. I think that's the first and foremost biggest problem. We overlooked um, Boise State. BYU overlooked Boise State. So that's the first problem. You got the coaches out there bragging to everybody how they're going to win by thirty. Okay. So what what message are they portraying to the team? What mentality does the team have coming into the game? So that's the first problem, overlooking the opponent. Second problem, the rain killed us. Three fumbles. It, it just felt like the rain came. The first two drives, we drive down, field goal. Then we stop them very easily, go down, drive, touchdowns, 10-0. At that point, I'm thinking, oh, we are going to win by 30. We are going to win by 30. Then the rain comes, and all hell breaks loose. It's The ball just becomes as slippery as can be. Jaron Hall's a little off target, and the rain affects you. It does. It affects you. And so the rain was a big problem. So we have those horrible, awful fumbles, three of them. And then our third down defense was horrific. We had them on third and long multiple times. Third and 12, third and 11, third and seven, third and eight. Boise State, convert, 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 convert. Just first down after first down. Our third down defense was awful awful third down defense for the cougars and so one of the linemen one of the defensive linemen from last year can't remember his name he actually happened to be sitting right behind me i was at the game he happened to be sitting right behind me and he's just going berserk screaming at the d line wake up wake up d line like get hit the quarterback And i'm thinking hey listen to him this guy can actually talk he's not just an armchair coach like the rest of us he was on the team last year at your position And it was true. Like, our defense just could not get to the quarterback. Boise State's offensive line was just pushing us back the whole game. And, you know, so again, the fumbles, overlooking the opponent, third down defense being awful, and our red zone offense was just not there. I don't know what was going on. The play calling was weird. It just didn't seem to be, like, working for us. And then we had several awful penalties. I mean, we bailed them out on one uh, really critical one where we stopped them on a third down finally, right? Right. And instead of them punting, we get called for a very blatant pass interference. This was in the fourth quarter. A very obvious, easy-to-call pass interference. And right when it happened, I'm like, oh, dude, come on. I mean, how many times do we have—I mean, have these guys not played football? Like, I only played for one year of organized football, but I've watched long enough to know. If the ball's coming, if the ball's in the air, you you got to turn and look at the ball. You have to turn and look at the ball, especially on third and long, dude. Like it, this is the difference. This is make or break for the game. You're down two scores. This is your chance to stop them deep in their own territory to win the battle of field position and have a chance to give you know give your ch- your team a chance to get a score and get back in this game. Instead, we get an obvious pass interference call, and obviously that you know reignites their drive, gives them an automatic first down, and, and kills kills more clock, gives us less you know uh, worse field position when we do stop them. It just was you know so penalties, rain, turnovers. Bad third down defense, bad red zone offense, and I think all of that can be tracked back to problem number one, which is overlooking your opponent. And so don't do that. Uh, The chances for the playoffs are, of course, completely shot to pieces, zero chance. We could run the table winning 75 to nothing for the rest of the season. They still would find four teams uh, that they would put ahead of the BYU Cougars to put in the playoffs. That being said, I still think there's a glimmer of hope, and most of you are going to disagree with me, which is fine. I still think there's a glimmer of hope at a New Year's Six Bowl. Now, that means BYU has to run the table, which if I'm being completely honest as a you know someone who loves sports more than teams, uh, so trying to be as non-biased as I possibly can, I don't think BYU is going to win out. I think they have a very tough game this week against Baylor. Uh, we still have to play Virginia. We still have to play Washington State. Uh, we still have to play USC at the end of the year. I mean, it's far, far from over. Um, so, I mean, th- th- look at those games right there. Baylor, Washington State, Virginia, USC. And then we do have two cupcakes in there as well. So, of our what do we got? Six remaining games. I think 5 and 1 is is a really good goal. Finish 10 and 2 and just get a good fun bowl game. If somehow we do finish 11 and 1, so we run the table from here on out, go 6 and 0 oh to end it um, beating, I wish Baylor was ranked this year, Baylor, or this week, Baylor's not ranked. I don't know why. In fact, I tweeted at, uh, Spencer Linton, who's, you know, obviously Boe sports nation, the face and voice of Boe sports nation. And good friend of mine who's been on the podcast before he put out his own rankings, did not include Baylor in the top 25. I tweeted at him like uh, no Baylor. Cause we need Baylor to be ranked this, this week to give us a kind of another little resume notch beating another ranked opponent. I think Baylor will end the season ranked. They look pretty solid. Um, in fact, I'm curious if there's a line out on that game. I'm going to look right now. Baylor though, does not make the top 25 despite being five and one. Um, let's see here if there's a line. I don't see a line yet for this game, but the matchup predictor is definitely predicting Baylor to win it. Um, but again, Baylor 5-1. And, and this is Baylor's schedule so far. This is why I think they belong. So they've beaten a bunch of kind of nobodies, Texas State, Texas Southern, you know, but they crushed them 66 to 7, you know. Not Texas Southern anyway. Kansas, they beat Good, uh, which not a good football school, but at least a, you know, a Division I Pac 12 or a Big 12 school. Beat them 45 to 7. They beat Iowa State, number 14 Iowa State. Their only loss was to ranked Oklahoma State, who's really good. And then just yesterday, or just on Saturday, they beat West Virginia 45 to 20. So to me, I'm looking at that, I was like, they've beat a ranked opponent. They've only lost once and it was to a ranked opponent and they've won every other game pretty handily. So five and one with two games against top 25 opponents, one and one in those games, to me, they should be ranked ahead of like a Baylor or they are Baylor ahead of like a Florida, maybe an NC State or in Arkansas. NC State's big win is, of course, against Clemson, which that's a big win, kind of. Clemson's 3-2. and two. They're not that great this year. Um, I, they're just not the same Clemson that we're used to, and so I don't know that that's as valuable as a win, of a win as it once was. And so when you have two losses, should you really be ranked ahead of a team with one when your opponents are pretty equal? To me, no. Arizona State leapfrogged BYU. Well, they have the same record, and they played head-to-head, and BYU won. So to me, that, that's kind of silly, you know. That's why you play the games against each other is to find out who the better team is. So we already know who the better team is out of BYU and Arizona State because they played each other and BYU won. So for for BYU to be ranked behind Arizona State, which they are in one poll and not in the other, and I'll pull those up right now. So in uh, in the coaches' poll, Arizona State is still behind BYU at twenty two, but in the AP poll and in Spencer Linton's poll, by the way. Um, Arizona State's ahead. And I'm just like, well, Arizona State and BYU played each other and they have identical records. BYU has beaten Pac-12 Utah, Pac-12 Arizona, Pac-12 Arizona State. Uh, they beat Utah State. Like they've they've played good teams. Their only loss now is to Boise State, who's going to prove to be a really solid team. That, that, that's a loss that lose by nine to a team that's probably going to finish the season eight and four, nine and three, um, something like that. And you know that's our that's our only loss. So if we can if 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 we can go on and win six in a row, I still think that BYU has a chance at a New Year's Six bowl. Because they have solid opponents left. They're ranked nineteenth right now, with with a real good chance to beat Baylor, who will finish the season ranked most likely, to beat USC, who just got beat by Utah. So that's all weird. Um so if we if we can win these games. There's a chance. There's a chance. There's 12 teams that make a New Year's Six Bowl. 12 teams. Will they take BYU as a. If BYU can climb back up into like, you know, 15th in the country, which is very, very, very attainable and reasonable to think. If BYU could get up to around like 12 to 15th ranked, top ranked, um, independent, if they can somehow climb ahead of Notre Dame, if Notre Dame drops a game or two, why not? You know, climb ahead of a Cincinnati, climb ahead of a Coastal Carolina. Um, can they. Can they do that? Because right now, Coastal Carolina is six and zero, ranked fifteenth. Uh, Cincinnati is five and zero, ranked third. Um, Georgia climbs into the top spot, then Iowa, who got a big win. A um, lot of lot of stuff's going to happen though up there at the at the higher ends. And so it's can we surpass Notre Dame, Coastal Carolina, Cincinnati? All three of those teams are ranked ahead of us. They're going to have to lose one or two games, and we're going to have to win out to, for that to happen. So we'll see. We'll see. I don't think all hope is lost at New Year's Six. I think it's a long shot, but it is within reason um, with if you get some help from outside sources. Okay, moving on to the NFL. Great day in the NFL yesterday. First off, the Chiefs might be done. They get crushed, absolutely crushed by the Bills. And you hear everybody, you know, all the talk this morning is how the, the, the Chiefs are done. And I'm just thinking like, I, I, I don't think so. So I looked up the Chiefs uh schedule. They've had the hardest schedule in the NFL to, to date, I would argue. Um they've had to play the Ravens, and I'm trying to find it here. They just, of course, lost to the Bills, which Bills are one of the best teams in the entire league. The Ravens are one of the best teams in the league. That's another loss of uh, the Chiefs, their other loss, their third loss because they're two and three. Their third loss is to the Chargers, who are four and one, looking as hot as could be. Fantastic comeback win against the Browns yesterday. Unbelievable comeback win against the Browns. In fact, the Browns are the first team in NFL history to score forty or more points and have zero turnovers and lose. Yes, first time in the history of the NFL, a team scored 40 or more points with zero turnovers and still lost. That's the Cleveland Browns yesterday against the Los Angeles Chargers. So, But anyway, getting back into the Chiefs. Um, so let's look at their schedule so far. So I said those three losses. They beat the Browns and they beat the Eagles. Those are their other two games. Next week they have Washington, my favorite team, who lost to the Saints. I think they'll beat Washington, unfortunately. Then they play at Titans. Then they play the Giants, Packers. It doesn't really let up. They'll, they'll probably beat Washington. They'll probably beat the Giants. I could see them likely beating the Titans. And then Packers, that's a coin flip. Raiders, Cowboys, Broncos, Raiders, Chargers, Steelers, Bengals, Broncos. That's how the season goes for the Chiefs. So are the Chiefs Chiefs capable of getting back to a Super Bowl this year? I still think they are. But man, they look very pedestrian right now. They look very, very beatable. In fact, everybody is beating them. They're, They're two and three. They're like Clemson. They're like, ah, like your name and your players and... Your coach, like it still makes me think you're a top two, three team, but your record is showing that you're not. Your weekly results are showing that you're not. I'm going to say though that the Chiefs still are a top three, four, five team in the league. They just, something's off right now they got to get it together. I think that they will, but it's an interesting thing to th- to, to watch. Uh, Tom Brady yesterday, speaking of records like the, the Browns, you know, being the first team to score 40 points, have zero turnovers and lose. Tom Brady, at age 44, for the first time ever in his entire career, threw for over 400 yards and five touchdowns. The guy is 44 years old. 44 years old. And he throws for over 400 yards and five touchdowns. I don't know how he's doing it. I I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the TB12 method because we've seen him with his shirt off. He's not like some specimen at all. He's got a total dad bod. But the guy, cerebrally, is just so far advanced beyond everybody else. His will to win is advanced beyond everybody else. His intelligence at the, at the quarterback position is, but is beyond everybody else. His preparation, you got to think is beyond everybody else. His athleticism is way behind everybody else, but he's showing that it just doesn't matter. He's so much better at every other facet of the quarterback position that it just doesn't matter. So Tom Brady and the Bucks four and one, I'm kind of rooting for him. It's I personally love cheering for greatness, so I'm kind of rooting for him. But again, first time in his career uh, to go for 400 yards and five touchdowns, and he's 44 years old. It's like it's truly remarkable, truly remarkable. So NFL, let's uh, let's take a look at the standings right now and see where we're at. We're like the third of the way through the season, which is just crazy to think about. Um, lots of teams at four and one. Bills four and one. Uh, Chargers, like I said, four and one. Cowboys, four and one. Packers, four and one. Bucks, four and one. Rams, four and one. Then you have the Cardinals sitting alone at five and zero, the only team at five and zero. And I believe the only winless team is the Jags at zero and five. Nope, the Lions are as well. So the Jags and the Lions are at zero and five. So things are going very much how I thought they would. The Cardinals are overachieving just slightly. Uh, but man, that NFC West is tough. Cardinals, Rams, Seahawks, Niners—those are just three, uh, four solid teams. Um, my Washington football team sitting in second place in the NFC East at two and three. Tough loss yesterday, and and Heineke did not look all that great, which was unfortunate because I had been singing his praises of late. But um, anyway, love the NFL. Big game tonight in fantasy. I am up by like twenty eight points. And so I have a very solid chance to win with the exception of my opponent has Lamar Jackson at quarterback. That's his only uh, position left to play. And Lamar, you know, can get over 30. He likely, I don't want to even say it out loud. He can. Lamar Jackson could do it to me. I'm a little nervous, but we'll see. So that's the game tonight. Um, but I want to say one last thing before before wrapping this up. Ben Simmons, who I've talked about many times on this podcast, which by the way, I went back and all of the Philadelphia um people that came after me when i said ben simmons was overrated that he didn't deserve defensive player of the year that he didn't deserve rookie of the year there's kind of like this rivalry between the jazz and ben simmons because of donovan mitchell getting his his rookie of the year stolen from him by ben simmons and then all the chat that he should be defensive player of the year over rudy gobert so there's kind of just like this unspoken um unofficial maybe rivalry between Ben Simmons and the Jazz. And I mentioned that many times in the podcast. And I had a bunch of people from Philadelphia commenting on my YouTube and stuff. So I went back to all of them and commented like, oh, you still love Ben Simmons? You still – you stand by this comment basically? Like this didn't age well. Kind of like my podcast saying that the Cougars could go to the college football playoffs. Whoops. Um, But anyway, so Ben Simmons now, apparently, if he doesn't play this game coming up against the Brooklyn Nets, the season opener – He's going to lose a million bucks so there's now talk that he's coming back to the team that he's in the in the process of coming back to the philadelphia 76ers how freaking awkward is that going to be he's going to go back and play with these guys yeah right how is he going to look joel Embiid in the eye and like any of his teammates and be like eh, hey guys like i'm back like everyone knows he's just there to collect a paycheck he still wants out they're still going to look to trade him Um, but supposedly they're getting very close to him, mending fences and returning to the team and, and participating so that he can get paid. But then I think they will still look to trade him, which if I was them, I would look to trade him, but I see what they're trying to do. They're like, he was so, his stock was so high just a couple months ago before the debacle in the playoffs, his stock was so high and now it's not. Now we've seen what he does in clutch time. Now we've realized thoroughly what it means to not be able to shoot in this league as a point guard or even free throws and it, it got into his psyche we saw him make bad decisions down the stretch when he passed up that dunk for a, a pass and and now he wants out and so we add all those things up and it's like nobody's gonna nobody's gonna give you much for that guy it's like uh he's not as good as we thought and he doesn't want to play for you so you know he wants to leave, so it, it makes him worth less, which I think is why he's going to come back because it's like, well, you're going to lose all this money unless you come back, mend some fences, put on a happy face, play pretty well for a little while for us, and we'll still look to trade you before the All-Star break. Um, so I think that's what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. I would want no part of this guy. I would want no part of Ben Simmons. I really wouldn't. not I just do I just don't buy the hype. I think he's overrated, and I think he's a diva, and I think he's so arrogant he can't get out of his own way. Uh, and learn how to shoot free throws and humble himself and learn how to advance his game in that way so but I'm excited for NBA to start it's crazy like in fact it was one year ago today that the Lakers won the bubble title but we've already had an entire season and another um finals and another off season since then so in the last year we had two off seasons and an entire season and that was exactly one year from when the Lakers were crowned bubble title you know bubble champs Um, So I'm excited for NBA to start back up. Football's in full swing. This is just the greatest time of the year. Fall is the greatest for sports. I mean, the NFL and college football are in full swing. Like, we're in the middle of these seasons that are just shaping up to be so incredible. We didn't even get into Alabama losing to Texas A&M. What a a crazy, crazy loss that was for the, the Crimson Tide. Makes them look very beatable now. They drop all the way to fifth. Uh, you got to think they could still go on and run the table. If they can win the uh, SEC, which would require them to beat Georgia, they're going to get to the college football playoffs. That's the only way they get there, though, at this point. Um, whereas before, they could have lost to Georgia in like, the title game or something and, and still made the college football playoffs. But now, you can't lose twice and make the college football playoffs. So Alabama's going to have to, to to win out. And we'll see if they can. It's them and the Cougars, baby. Just kidding. Okay, that's all the time I have for today, guys. Please hit the subscribe button. I am out. Peace. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports.